0: Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Today, we're going to talk about giving. Yay! Specifically, we're going to talk about financially giving. Money. You giving money to God. That's what our subject is for the day. When the idea of preaching on this or even receiving this type of a message for a congregation comes up, sometimes people are like, oh, we're going to talk about money. It can be a touchy subject for some people. We're just going to go to scripture and let Holy Spirit shine light on this subject and speak to you personally about it. I'm not here to get you to agree with my point of view on this. I want you to get God's point of view. The name of this podcast is Holy Spirit Feed. So Holy Spirit's doing the feeding, right? I'm just the conduit to bring this to you, and then letting the Lord speak to you personally is really our goal. There are over 2,000 verses on money in the Bible, so apparently it matters. And I feel like people do actually want to know. They wonder, am I giving enough? Am I stewarding my finances well? And hopefully this will inspire us to get on track with the word. Okay, so we don't do animal sacrifices anymore because Jesus was the perfect lamb. Where would most of us even get a lamb or sheep from anyway, right? Because we don't all live on farms. Now, we live in a rural area. So even just a couple of miles away, there is just a regular house and they have sheep, <laughs> which is a little strange. But the sheep are always out by the road, like eating the roughage on the side of the road by the mailbox. And I'm always thinking, oh my gosh, these sheep, they really are about to be sacrificed by the God of speed, like at any moment. Uh, and then sometimes I'll even see like chickens really close to the road, just running around in someone's yard or even the dead one. And you're like, okay, so that chicken used to be free range and now it's not. All right. So back to our subject. Um, I didn't title this message tithing for a reason. I don't call it tithing. That's fine if some people do. And I know a lot of people actually do, but the tithe is 10%. In the Old Covenant, they were directed to give the first 10% of crops or money, and that's a great start, especially if you're new at this, if you haven't studied scripture, you're not sure if you're hearing from God, then great, start with 10%. But don't stop there. Study the word, get fresh direction from God on your finances, open a dialogue with God about when to give, how much, who to give to. Not just giving, but all of your finances, when to invest, when to save. For me, that's the hardest. All of these things, they need to be under God's lordship. We make him our Lord and Savior. He is Lord over all. I remember our kids used to, we've been in a couple of churches over the years, and our kids used to be in plays each Christmas, and there was a character in one of them. He was a farmer, and he would wear, you know, just typical farmer things, like overalls and straw hat and whatever. And he would say, these are my, he is Lord overalls. And then everybody would laugh and it was just kind of a corny joke, but seriously, he is the Lord overall, even our finances. Are they even your finances anyway? We die to self and we belong to Christ. Not I that lives, but Christ who lives within me and we are in him. So anything we have is in him and belongs to him. Old covenant tithe, 10%, new covenant, everything belongs to God. We're just giving him back some of his money. So if everything is his, then how do we know what to give and how do I give and to who? One of the ways we can answer that is to give with a joyful heart. So 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So this is talking about giving, not reluctantly, not like a forced giving thing, like ugh, taxes, right? Nobody wants to do that, but we do anyway. This says to decide in your heart, not because you have to, but because you want to. Andrew Wamek is a preacher and author, and he says, sometimes we have to decide to change our want to. God's word, if you hang out in it long enough, it'll change your want to. So you'll want to follow God's ways, be cheerful. And the next time you turn in that envelope or hit that submit button online, smile and start to think about all the good things that will happen because of this investment in the kingdom. And this is an investment. When you give to your local church or however God has directed you to give, you are paving the way for future believers to get fed, saved, healed, delivered. When you give, God will take the money that you invested and multiply it. Let's talk about that part of the verse, decided in his heart. You are saved. You made the very best decision of your life right there. So we know that your decision maker isn't broken, or at least it has the capacity to make great decisions when yielded to the Lord. So decide in your heart in agreement with God about how to give. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Okay, so let's talk about the word reap. To receive a reward or benefit as a consequence of one's own or other people's actions. You know, some people call it karma. Basically, that's counterfeited God's original concept here of sowing and reaping. What goes around comes around. I want to reap bountifully. Anyone else up for that? So I'm going to sow bountifully. All right, Proverbs eleven twenty five says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So how many listening need to be refreshed? I know that's a big yes for me. The fast track to getting refreshed is to refresh others. Easy stuff. This is God's word. It is not complicated. I love how this verse says prosper. I know the prosperity gospel gets a bad rap sometimes. But if you read scripture, God is into prosperity, and so am I. Anyone else in on that? Come on. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best, or first fruits, of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So, this is the first fruits principle. You may have heard of this. Basically, the idea is give to God first. It exercises your faith muscles. So this is saying, write that offering check first, not pay your mortgage, electric, food, then God. The first money that actually leaves your hand. You see, when you give, when you don't know if you can cover the bills or buy food, you're declaring trust in God. You give him the first and the rest is blessed. Let's just say that it was 10% that you gave, for an example. So you can do more with that 90% that you kept than if you had kept the entire 100%. Because the 90% is blessed. It has God's favor on it. When you honor him first. All of a sudden your bills get smaller. You get checks in the mail you weren't expecting. The car stops breaking down every two days. You know, sometimes that just happens. Like Seems like you get your car fixed and then a couple days later it's, something else is going on. But when you give him your best in every area of life. He rebukes the devourer, our enemy, on your behalf. He's not interested in your leftovers. He deserves your first and your best. Ever bought a house in a hot market and they say, we're taking highest and best offers by 2 p.m. on Friday. So that means you better bring it or you're not getting that house. So when it comes to giving to the kingdom, we need to bring it. We're going to read Malachi 3, and this is a dialogue. It kind of goes back and forth between God speaking and then the Israelites' response. We're going to read verses 6 through 12. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, How are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, How are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then verse 12 says, then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land. All right, so I'm not trying to be under a curse and I don't want to rob God, right? (laughs) And then he says, test me in this. That's really a popular scripture to teach on when people talk about giving. He says, give, do it, bring the tithe or the offerings or the giving, whatever you're calling that to the Lord, whatever the Lord is leading you to do. God says, test me in this. You watch, the blessings will come. We all love the next part, right? It says, open the floodgates, pour out the blessing. Our part is to give. That's how we test him when we are obedient and giving. So how do we give or who do we give to? Many say, give to your local church. Yes, of course. That's a great start. Please do. Then give to other missions or the homeless man on the side of the road or the single mom at your job. Giving always needs to be based on what God directs you to do. Just an example for us, we've given in many different ways, and it's all just been connected to how I've been hearing from the Lord. So there was one year where God just said, I want you to ask me every week. So every week before it was time for us to give, I would ask him, and then he would tell me. And then there's other times where he said, okay, this year, you're going to do X amount per month, and that's how it's going to be. And so I would just do what he said. That's much easier to do, by the way. Um, (laughs) So I was glad when he was like, okay, now we're giving monthly. But I would just respond. I would ask him, check back in regularly and say, what do you want? What are we doing this year for giving? Or what are we doing for the next few months? And he's always faithful to respond. And everyone hears differently. And we talk a lot about hearing from God. So There's times where you just need to slow down and ask the Lord personally, how are you supposed to give? And there's many different ways to give. There's a story I heard of a pastor's wife, and they were just starting out. And how many know, you know, pastors, you know, there's not a ton of money there, especially when you're starting out. And the wife really needed a curling iron. So she prayed, and someone came to her door within like an hour with a curling iron. It was like, yes, praise the Lord. You know, this story is told from the pastor's wife's point of view, but what about the person who was at Walmart and they heard the Lord say, buy this curling iron and drop it off at so-and-so's house, right? Sometimes we could be that pastor's wife, but we're also that person at Walmart. We just need to be listening to the Lord on how to give and what to give. As I was working on this, um, just these thoughts began to come to my mind that I had wished that I had done a better job teaching my kids about giving. And some of you may be thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't really done the best job giving. I haven't been consistent about that. But you know what? There's no condemnation in Christ. So I'm just going to start teaching my kids now what I can. And you can just start hearing from the Lord now and just agree with God and then get moving. Start giving however he directs. If you want your money to be blessed, you'll do it because you want to. You've changed your want to because you've heard some of the word of God. And out of relationship, you desire to partner with God's work. Luke six thirty eight says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay, so an important part of this verse you need to catch is you choose the measure. This is all about your choice. You choose the measure. The more you give, the more you'll get back. You know, I love how simple God's word is. If we just dig in and ask him, what does this mean? Some things are out of our control, but this is actually one of those things where you decide if you want your finances blessed, if you want to be refreshed, refresh others, and you will be, and you decide to what measure. How blessed you are, how refreshed you are, because it's according to your measure. You might say, Well, none of this works for me. I'm always broke, because this is the key to being financially and otherwise blessed. Give, and it will be given to you. He'll get it to you if he can get it through you. We're blessed to bless again. There's a story in Acts 5 of Ananias and Sapphira where they had sold some land and they were supposed to give the money to the Lord but they lied about it and they kept some back. In Peter, he called them out and they both fell down and died. It's an interesting story. Now, remember, this is in the book of Acts, which is after the cross. This is new covenant. But this does seem like an exception to the rule, an isolated incident. But just so you know, it's possible you could get zapped. Don't take that chance. No, (laughs) I don't believe that's going to happen to you. But you can't fool God. He knows how much you make, even that side hustle. And you might think, well, how can I give off that side hustle? The government doesn't even know about that. No, but God does. Ask him. Maybe you're supposed to take some of that side hustle money and bless someone. That friend of yours that has a kid who's gifted in music but can't afford a guitar. Or pay that grocery bill for that single parent. Or pay it forward at the coffee place. We don't know what that looks like, but we need to ask the Lord, how can we bless others? I feel like the million dollar question in regards to giving is are you supposed to give pre tax or not give pre tax? So, who has ever wondered that? Some say, of course, pre tax because that's the first fruits, that's the amount that you have, right? And some say after tax because you don't even get the gross. Your gross is the after tax. You don't even see that gross amount, right? So in that situation, again, I revert back to God. What is he telling you? If he says give 50% pre-tax, then give 50% pre-tax. You're going to be okay. He will provide for you if that's what he's directing you to. Now, sometimes I think we use the 10% tithing as a crutch. So please don't leave here and think, oh yeah, there's that 10% thing. That, that's all I have to give. No, you're not off the hook. The whole point of this is we need to listen to God. And some people call it tithes and offerings for a reason, because you can give more than 10%. So it's not that whole idea is all I have to give is 10%. No, you give anything and everything God's telling you to give and do it with a cheerful heart. Come on. So just like anything else, I will send you right back to that same thing. Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. We hear his voice. Put some faith to that and start asking Him and listening. In those moments that you aren't quite sure, there's lots of stress or, you know, whatever, then go directly to the Word. Give generously as you have decided in your heart, with a joyful heart. Quit robbing yourself and the Lord of blessing. Test Him in this. It's not up to me whether or not you give, but I don't want you to get gypped. I don't want you to gyp yourself by not giving. Either way, God will provide for his church and for the things that he's doing in the world. But we want to be a part of it, right? The thing is that he uses people to do that. So if you don't, he will find someone else. But let it be you and get the blessing, get the reward, the payoff, so to speak, for giving. It's his anyway. So you're simply returning it to him. You've got to put some skin in the game, it should cost you something. You've heard of the term ROI, return on investment. That's a business term. It takes money to make money. So you'll get out more than you put in with God. He's that good. That's how he works. Second Samuel verse 24, there was a plague on the people and David was going to build an altar to the Lord on this piece of land and make a sacrifice on it. So the landowner said, sure, here, take it and take these oxen for the sacrifice but in verse 24, it says, but the king replied to Arana, who was the landowner. No, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my burnt offerings that cost me nothing. You know, nobody likes to work really hard on a job or a project, maybe putting in flooring or building a house or a piece of furniture. Your body hurts, you're tired, but when it's finished, it's more valuable because you created it, you built it, and it has your SWAT equity. It cost Jesus everything, his life, and a terrible death, and you received your salvation by grace. Now we have the opportunity to partner with what he paid for. Not only our freedom from death, but freedom to have abundant life. Giving is a part of that. It's an honor to put into the work of the Lord financially, and we get blessed in the process. It's really a no-brainer. In fact, sometimes it's our brain or our mind that gets in the way. Some people say, well, I can't afford to give to the Lord. And I say, you can't afford not to. You won't be able to do as much with that 100% of your of the money that you kept. Like we talked about, you would be able to do more if you gave. You know, in the Bible, the Israelites were scared. And they told Moses to talk to God and then tell them what he said. That's not okay. When we get a formula mentality like, oh, let's get the calculator out and figure out how much is 10% and give exactly that, you are removing the heart. You are removing the connection with God, and that's never the way to go. That's what the Israelites were trying to do. They were saying, you talk to him, Moses. We don't want to do that. We cannot remove that connection with God. He wants that personal connection with each person. Every decision we make, we want to make our best effort to hear from God first, and then respond. You know, we try to figure it out. Well, if I give X amount that God's asking me to give, then will I have enough to pay this bill? This isn't an accounting transaction. This is a heart transaction. You serve God with your heart. You can't serve both money and God. Matthew 6, 24, it says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If this is an issue for you sometimes, if giving is an issue at times, we need to ask ourselves, does that money really belong to me or do I belong to my money? Earlier, we talked about how God said, test me in this. Sometimes we're testing God, right? We're giving and then the enemy turns around and tests you. (laughs) You get this big bill, this unexpected bill in the mail the next day. Well, don't fall for it. Pay the bill, but don't fall for it, because that's Satan's last-ditch effort to get you to stop giving, because he knows how blessed you will be if you do. If you push through that, Jesus is on the other side with a stack of bills, and they're not invoices. Amen? It may take time for you to cleanse yourself of your old ways and thinking about giving, but it will happen. We just have to agree with God and step into it wholeheartedly. We talked about giving with a cheerful or a joyful heart. What if giving became more important to you than making your house payment, buying that new video game or outfit or a vacation or car? What if you were like, yes, it's time to give to the work of the Lord. And every time you got your paycheck, that was actually the first thought on your mind. It's God's plan for the kingdom to be the first thought on your mind. God wants to use you as a conduit for kingdom resources to fund his projects, his will on the earth. All right, so it's time to activate. We're going to take a moment and we're going to ask Holy Spirit to speak to us personally about this. So if you're able to close your eyes, that sometimes helps us to focus on the Lord. Holy Spirit, how do you want me to respond to this message? What are you saying to me in regards to giving? So whether this has confirmed some things for you or now you have some word to chew on, to reevaluate how you give, I think it's important to act on things. We aren't just here to gain knowledge, we're here to be an active part of life, to have the tree of life be our source, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So spend some more time with the Lord hearing from him on this and then respond. Do a prophetic act. Maybe he directed you to give $50 to a neighbor or begin to give weekly to your local church or ministry in the area. Whatever it is, make a change. God is moving, and he wants you to move with him.